Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. It's me. So today, we're going to be jumping into a continuation of a podcast episode that we've already done, which is on relationship advice. So today, we are going to be doing relationship advice part two. Yeah, I'm really excited to do this episode. Uh, The first one we did got a lot of amazing feedback, and so we're really excited to be talking and answering your guys' concerns, questions, everything about relationship. We have a few questions that we found were pretty, you know, insightful or good to answer. So we're very excited to be answering those later in the episode. But before we jump in, I do want to give a big thank you to our patrons. This is our first official shout out to our patrons. So thank you for supporting us as always. It really means the world to us. Thank you to Abigail Bowen. Ali, Ali, Ellie, Kim, and Wine Cellar Media. I hope it's okay that we give you guys shout outs. Um, if you have any concerns or anything like that, please feel free to message us in the Patreon. But um, thank you to the four of you. You guys are incredible and have, are helping us out um, drastically. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It still kind of feels weird that there are people that are willing to give us their hard-earned money to support our project and our podcast. But I think, I don't know, I'm just really thankful. And thank you to everybody. Even if you aren't subscribed to our Patreon, even if you just have been listening week after week, sending us feedback on social media, whatever you're doing, thank you for supporting us. Yeah, I'm really excited for the future of the Patreon too, because I do have like intentions on Um, Gage and I, we both have intentions on like creating special episodes for the Patreon. We're working on posting the one for this month. It's been a hectic week because the hurricane was supposed to hit Florida. But uh, yeah, we we have certain like topics that we want to talk about. We're thinking about doing like special like um, podcast episodes. Like Gage was thinking of doing one with her boyfriend and I might do one with my girlfriend. We're going to kind of test those waters to see if those are episodes that we can do and post on our Patreon exclusively exclusively for the people supporting us. But a big thank you for, for just, you know, being able to help us out because it really means the world. And, you know, we, we're just so grateful and we're so thankful to have you guys helping us out. It really means the world to us. Yeah, of course. And before we get into today's topic, like always, we're kind of just going to take a second, especially since we missed last week. Um, We can probably talk a little bit about why that happened, but we're just going to kind of go on about what's been going on with us in our lives and kind of give you guys a little bit of an update. Yeah. I always hate missing a week. It's always really like it's it's annoying like it hurts me it bothers me yeah yeah because I feel like we missed one week and I felt like ever since then I feel like we haven't been able to I don't know in my heart it's like it doesn't I feel like I betrayed myself and I don't know it's just something that I'm very like uh, anxious about like I'm very much of a person that I want to get something done I want to get something done but then there's all there's a lot of you know circumstances that happen especially both of us we work basically full-time jobs it can get really stressful and once we want to have like downtime sometimes it's hard to like manage our downtime but then also manage our time to be able to film this episode um, or an episode so it can be really you know difficult finding that balance uh, we have for a lot of our episodes. So this is our 19th episode. So that's really amazing that we're, we're doing it. But yeah, this past week, our hurricane, Hurricane Dorian came through Florida. Well, quote unquote, came through Florida. It was projected to hit us 
a lot of the schools canceled classes. My work canceled um, work. And um, I was I had a four day weekend. And then the hurricane basically like stayed in the Bahamas for a while and then shifted directions and just completely missed us. So my heart goes out to the people in the Bahamas because I know a lot of dev- devastating damage and a lot of people lost their lives. So my heart goes out to them. But I'm also very happy that the hurricane didn't hit us and we got a four day weekend. And it's just it was just a great time because I was able to stay home and just catch up on sleep. Because when I'm working, 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 it can get just so I can't like I don't never I feel like I'll never have time to think. So but yeah, I was like prepping for the hurricane. I was ready for it to hit us. And so we ended up eventually having to miss uh, an episode, which sucks. But uh, it just it is what it is. I was really bracing for us to be out of electricity for days. I um, stock up stocked up on water bottles. I like had my emergency like a kit ready. I bought um, non-scented candles to light the house in case um, the power went out. So it was it was a very scary time as we were prepping. The whole like Gainesville was out of gasoline and out of water. It was crazy. I know the way you were prepping. I was kind of getting nervous. I was like, I feel like this is going to be like a really big deal. I am happy that it missed you guys, but I do. I I just remember like you stressing out over like not having gas in your car and the fact that you could lose power and you might have to get um, like a backup cell phone or something. So I'm glad. I'm not glad that the hurricane went on to destroy other parts, but I'm glad that you guys are okay and it didn't affect you. Yeah, I think we're very. I'm very fortunate. Anytime we get a hurricane in Florida, I feel like especially Gainesville, I feel like a lot of people do blow it up a lot worse than it is i feel like a lot of the coastal cities get it pretty bad like there's a lot of damage to the coastal cities but florida's water management i feel like is pretty good because we do get a lot of rain here so we know how to um, manage the rain and there's you know that not that much flooding that really happens so whenever it hits gainesville the worst that happens is that we're out of electricity but nothing happened we didn't even get uh, we didn't get any rain here so it was really great to see that. I was I was nervous for a second because it did look like it was projected to hit us. So it was scary. But a few years ago, we had Irma that came through, and we were fine through that. So I wasn't like worried, worried. But I was I was a little I was a little nervous. But I'm happy. Yeah, nothing happened. So it was a good weekend. We started watching a few Netflix shows that I'm obsessed with. But other than that, yeah, we've just been kind of I've been relaxing. I've been going to work. I've been focusing a lot on like animation and trying to learn as much After Effects as I can. I've been stressing and being crazy about that. But yeah, that's how my like few weeks have been going. And I know for you, something's coming up. Something big is coming up. Yeah. So I mean, just in general, I have been, so my job situation is kind of changing Right now, I am going to be transferring locations and like helping a new store open. So it's going to be like a good opportunity for me to like teach the new team, tell them everything that worked for us in the new store. Because the store that I work in now is actually the first of its kind. So it was the first store that was ever opened under the company that was built the way that it was. Um, and now they're opening more stores around the country. So I kind of feel like I'm like special and I'm a trainer. And like I was the first person to work in that building, which is cool. Um, but I've also been like kind of looking for new jobs too. I don't know. I just, I feel like 
I want a new change in my career, like a real career that I can eventually evolve into since I am getting older and I have a lot of bills to pay and I live in the most expensive city on earth. So I just feel like that's also another option that I need to be looking into as well. Um, But other than that, I am going to Vegas tomorrow, not for like, I mean, I guess it's for pleasure, but also my boyfriend's playing in a basketball tournament. So mostly it's for the tournament, but obviously after he's done, we're going to go like do stuff and have fun. So I'm excited to do that. It's been kind of stressful at work, just getting ready for all of my transfers and like doing phone interviews with other companies and all that type of stuff. So I'm excited to go to Vegas and get drunk and blackout. I'm just kidding, but I will get drunk. Blackout. That's the best thing. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I'm going, I'm literally the only girl that's going because it's like him and his basketball team and his friends. So I feel like if I blacked out, I wouldn't be in danger because there's guys to protect me, but still like, I don't really think that's a good look for me. Maybe it's not on my brand to be blacked out in a club, but we'll see. Anything can happen. Well, gamble all your life savings away. Bitch, I don't um, gamble. I'm scared. Just do it. Play a few slots. No, machines. I will not. <laughs> and not. tell me how it goes. I am like severely opposed to gambling. My boyfriend does it all the time and he always loses money. No offense, but like, I just don't want to lose $200, $300. For no reason. That's true. That's Especially true. if I don't have enough to like lose. Like I can't lose that much money. I need it. No, I feel I place um scratch off sometimes because just for the fun of it, my dad was a, is addicted to them and he plays them all the time. And he I feel like he always wins. But every time I play, I'll buy like a twenty dollar ticket and then I fucking lose. And that's like twenty dollars that I'll lose. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not that the greatest when it comes to gambling. I don't know when to stop, and I'm pretty pretty bad. So I can't yeah. imagine myself being in Vegas. But that's funny. Are you driving? Um, or are you flying? We're driving because it's only like a three and a half hour drive from LA. Oh, I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, it's really close. You just have to. It's kind of scary because you literally drive through the desert, and if you think about it, like if your car breaks down, the fuck are you gonna do in the middle of the desert? It's like 500 degrees. And there's like no cars. So that's a little scary, but I think we'll be okay. We've already drove to Vegas like three times already. So we'll Oh, that's fine. cool. Good luck. I hope you don't get eaten by coyotes. Or oh my God. over in Vegas, make sure to go see Chris Angel, Mind Freak. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Good luck with everything. And I'm excited yeah. uh, for your trip. But it's also cool that you're looking for a new job. I feel like you keep stressing to me about how much you hate your job. And like, I guess hate's like a strong, well, <laughs> I want to say hate's a strong mm, word, I but really I mean, it seems like you really dislike your, your position. I just think that like the work I that mean, I when put you're, in, you- yeah, like the work that I put in is not compensated. And like, I'm going to be essentially in the same position, but I'm going to be training an entirely new team and helping the store launch. And like, that's a lot of responsibility and to get paid this pretty much the same rate for all of that extra work. Plus everything that I already do is like, is it worth it? Like, I don't think so at this point, but it's like, yeah, it's my backup. So I have a plan and hopefully everything works out. Yeah. I mean, and if anything, I always think of like, whenever you apply to a job, like if they don't hire you this time, then it's always definitely next time. And it it just, 
it's motivation to keep pushing to find a position. Because sometimes I feel like the job market's so fucked that it can be so hard to find a job sometimes. But you're also very likable. So I, I don't see why not or why you wouldn't be picked. So I'm manifesting it right now. You're going to get that job. You're going to be a bajillionaire. And also Girlish oh, is going to yeah. be the biggest podcast on the world. I hope so. It always stresses me out after – because I did a phone interview – and it went well. I feel like it went well. And she was like, okay, well, if we, if the recruiters like what they see, they'll give you a call back probably within the next few days or at the earliest tomorrow. And like the fact that she said tomorrow makes me think that if they don't call me tomorrow, which is today, that I did not get it. So she fucked with my head. So I don't know why she did that to me. And now I'm stressing out because I think they hate me and they're not going to call me, but we'll see. I wouldn't worry about it. I give it, I give it by the end of the week. And then if by then, then you can just be like, all right, I'm going on to the next thing. Yeah. So you got this, you got this in the back and I'm very excited for you. Thank you. However, I am very upset because when I moved, you said you're going to get me a job. I still can. (laughs) And now how are you going to get me a job? I I guess. Yeah. You have connections. I have connections. I'm friends with like a lot of people within that business. So I can still hook you up. All right. Well, I'm excited and I'm excited for the future of you and me. So we'll see. All right, guys. So before we jump into this week's episode, I want to take a quick moment for the ads. All right, guys. So jumping into the first question, I'm very excited to start this week's episode. I had such a fun time last time when we were helping you guys with relationship advice. A lot of the advice that we get is trans or LGBT related. And when I was asking, I was looking a lot for like specific relationship advice because both Gage and I have been in long-term relationships for several years. So we were looking for very specific advice. However, these questions are still great and still worth answering. So we're excited to answer these questions. There's only three, but I think we can go in depth with each of them. And I'm really excited. So the first question is a deep one. And It's definitely going to be the title of this week's episode. Um, It's how to avoid getting dysphoric during sex and killing the mood. So Gage, if you want to start with this question, it's very heavy, but I would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, oh God, this is hard because I'm not going to lie. There are, I've been on hormones for almost four years and there's still moments where I still get dysphoric. So I think... Number one, the ground rule is that when you're with your partner, you have to make sure that they are aware of everything that you do and do not like in the bedroom. That way, they're not touching anything that you don't want to be touched. They're not talking about anything that you don't want to be talked about. So it's just a good starter to establish boundaries with the person that you're with, just like any relationship that you eventually get sexual in. You want to make sure that both people are comfortable with what they want. I think a lot of the times people kind of don't really think it's necessary to talk about stuff like that, but I think it is, especially if you are trans because it's just going to make it so much easier for you because the person knows exactly what you want and what exactly makes you uncomfortable, then it's just going to prevent all of those scenarios from happening when you are in the bedroom and that will prevent it from killing the mood. And in terms of killing the mood, I I like there have been times where I've felt a certain way or we there was like a certain position or a certain angle where I felt something or saw something that I didn't necessarily want to see because for me personally, I like to 
like disassociate from certain parts of myself when I am intimate with my partner. And sometimes regardless of what's happening, there might be something that just brings that to my attention when I'm trying to repress it. So in terms of killing the mood, I think it's important if you are uncomfortable to stop and to let the person know like, hey, I need a minute. Like I'm a little bit uncomfortable. I just need a second to calm down. And I know it might be a little bit hard for that person to understand, but if they they do care about you and they want the best for you, they will give you that second to just kind of take a breather, get your thoughts together, tell yourself that it's okay, and then you can move on. Because I feel like the last thing you want to do is just pretend like you're fine when you're actually really uncomfortable because then obviously the person that you're with is going to realize that you know, you're know you not comfortable or and then maybe they might think that they're doing something wrong or they're not good enough, they're not satisfying you. So I think it's just like a spiraling effect that'll happen if you try to act like you're fine when you're actually really uncomfortable. So I would say my biggest two pieces of advice would be to communicate with your partner, make sure that they know everything that makes you comfortable and everything that you like or prefer in the bedroom. And also to just be honest with them if you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable because if you don't, then it's just going to make the situation worse for both of you. And yeah, it's just not going to be fun the rest of the time that you're together. Yeah, I think your advice was really good. Because even for me, it's uh, definitely been a weird scenario. Um, because typically, I'm in like a gay relationship, sure, whatever you want to call it. And typically, I play more of like a top. It's just how it kind of is just because, um, yeah. And for a while, I had like a weird feeling about that. It was definitely in the beginning of the relationship. I was like, I don't know, like, like how, you know, we're supposed to like do this because I'm like, I I don't like this part of my body. And it was a very weird learning curve. And I feel like I put my partner through a lot. I put myself through a lot. And it definitely made the relationship very weird at the beginning. And so it was a lot of like her trying to understand how I'm feeling and me trying to understand how I'm feeling. And it was a very odd situation. So I would definitely suggest having a conversation before, you know, getting involved, understanding what would make you both comfortable. And for me too, I often disassociate like my my parts of my body during stuff like that because it can be very overwhelming. Uh, for me, it can get extremely overwhelming specifically because of how I approach, I guess, um, sex or whatever. And it's, this is awkward for me to talk about because I don't really do it that often. But yeah, it can be hard and it can be really, really hard. And I've I've definitely been through that um, killing the mood the vibe that you're talking about because, um, yeah, it's just been a weird situation for me. And I definitely find it extremely hard to kind of even work through the whole dysphoria. But I think once you get comfortable enough with the partner and once they kind of understand you better, once you're able to kind of communicate things better, especially the longer I've been with my partner, my girlfriend, the more that I understand that she sees me as me. She doesn't see me as anything other than I know who I am. And so that's why I've gotten a lot more comfortable with being able to just trust her and understand that she loves me and 
it's just more of like an, an actual like love thing rather than me focusing so much on my body parts. And so I've been able to kind of work through that a lot just by talking a lot. And there are going to be moments that are going to be really emotional or really overwhelming and it might get awkward. But I think that the most important part is just um, it gets easier over time, especially the longer with your, you're with your partner. And as long as they understand you and accept you and love you and want to help you through that or want to understand or understand where you're coming from, then I think everything is going to work itself out. It's going to play out. But it definitely can be extremely overwhelming. And I find myself often sometimes getting really dysphoric. But she's pretty good to catch on. She understands when things are weird with me and she'll definitely act a certain way or do something in order to make me feel more comfortable. So I definitely am so thankful for my significant other because she helps me a lot and she definitely makes me feel more confident and comfortable in my body. And um, yeah, it's, I think that's the bottom line, especially because I'm, you know, pre-surgery, pre-op, I'm, I'm very squeamish about certain body parts but because I've been with her so long, it has gotten a lot easier for me to just trust her. And I think that's what the biggest thing I've done. I've just like let go of everything and I just trust her. And um, that's like the best part of being in a relationship with someone you love. It's just being able to feel comfortable and knowing they won't judge you. Yeah. Like bottom line, it does help so much to have a person that really understands you and wants to help you in those situations. And granted, like, If you are just looking for a good time, which happens, no judgment here, like you do you, you're not obviously going to be able to have like these really deep conversations with the person that you're being intimate with. And in that case, I think the other part of it that's really important is that you really kind of have to learn your own body and kind of figure out what makes you happy or what positions make you comfortable when you are being sexual with somebody. So I think though it is important to have like a really good partner to help you through it, that's not always going to happen. Like you're not always going to be intimate with the partner that you plan to spend the rest of your life with. Like some people might, but at the end of the day, most people are not going to only be intimate with the person that they see as their significant other forever. So in instead of like being able to have that conversation with the person that you're with, you kind of have to have a good relationship with yourself and figure out like, hey, I'm going to be hooking up with this person I don't really know that well and they don't really know me or what makes me comfortable. But I personally know what to do and I know how to make myself comfortable. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think it is important to have like a person that you can be intimate with that will make you feel comfortable. But like I said, that's not always going to be the case. So in that situation, you do have to rely on yourself a little bit. Yeah. So I think especially if you're getting into a situation where it is like one of the just like a one night stand type thing or if you're um, like on a dating app and you're just kind of trying to find people to hook up with. I definitely think it's important to know what you're willing to do and wanting to do and having that line of conversation open before getting involved or getting intimate with them so they know what they can or can't do with you. Because if you're uncomfortable with yourself or a certain position or anything like that, 
be open and be vocal about that so no one can like step over a line or make you feel uncomfortable because that's i think at the bottom line we're deserving of as much love as a cis person is and if we have preferences on how we want to express or show our body then that's perfectly fine and a cis person or any type of people that we're in an intimate relationship with should be willing and understanding on how to react towards our body and such but yeah, so I think um, that kind of covers that. It is a very interesting like topic because when you're talking about sex and with trans women, it goes so deep because yeah, like you never know, like it's, there's just a lot to it and there's a lot to our bodies and there's a lot of sensitivity around it. So for me specifically, it has been a very traumatic experience. Yeah. So I think it's just important to know your own body and also kind of be communicative with the person that you're with, but kind of going along with the whole dysphoria thing. Next question is going to be from Ellie O one, two, three. And their question is how to handle a relationship with a straight guy. And I feel like this question was meant for me because I have only dated straight men in the past so I kind of, I don't, I don't have a ton of experience, but I have, I'm in a relationship with a straight man. I have been for the last two and a half years. And prior to that, that's all I dated. So I can say that I, I don't even know where to start. Like, it's just a lot. There's a lot with straight guys. Like, I literally don't know where to start because there are so many guys out there that like, I feel like the biggest issue with a straight guy is that the whole masculinity thing. And there's always going to be that guy out there that is attracted to you, but won't necessarily admit it or he won't admit it. He'll, I mean, he might admit it to you, but he's not going to admit it to everybody he knows. He's just going to keep it a secret. And it always goes back to the fact that they are afraid that being with a trans woman is going to somehow affect their own masculinity and make people look at them differently than they would have if they were dating a cis woman. So I think the biggest hurdle is trying to get over the fact that the person that you might be talking to is going to have a little bit of a hard time getting used to the fact that you are trans, especially if the guy that you're dating has only dated cis women in the past. So I think it's important to see this is the tricky part because I want to say it's important to kind of be understanding but at the same time I don't think you should waste your time with somebody who's not going to lift you up and be proud to show you off and be proud to be in a relationship with you or to be seen in public with you so I get that for a lot of guys it's kind of a hard topic to comprehend if it's a new to them. But at the same time, I don't think you should waste your time with people who are just going to be ashamed of you and are never going to get over the fact that you're trans. So once you get over that hurdle, it gets a little bit easier because now you know like, hey, I'm with this guy. It's just like a regular relationship. He doesn't treat me any differently. He's not ashamed of me, anything of that sort. And then it gets a little bit easier because at that point, it's just like a regular relationship and you don't have to worry about all those extra things. So I think the biggest hurdle is going to be just trying to convince them, not even convince them, but just talk them through the whole process of dating a trans woman and letting them know, like, if you are attracted to me, 
and you're attracted to women, like that doesn't do anything to your sexuality or your orientation or anything like that. It's just, you're attracted to me. I'm attracted to you. That's how attraction works. And it has nothing to do with gender identity. It's just the way that they feel about how you look appearance wise. So I don't know. It's like a loaded question. I feel like the question is kind of in reference to how do I date straight men because of the fact that they are a lot of the time scared to date trans women. So that's my advice. I would say to be very informative, let them know, like, I know this is something new for you, but like, just because you're attracted to me doesn't mean you're gay. But at the same time, if you've been talking to a guy for a while and he's like already shown to you that he's attracted to you, but has also made it clear that he doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, it's strictly sexual, or he's not going to plan on making it official because he doesn't want to show you off to his friends or family, then he needs to go, (laughs) basically. Yeah. I I feel that so much. I am in a loving relationship with a woman. So I'm in a gay relationship and I don't have any experience dating um, straight guys. I've I've never been in a relationship with a straight guy. And every time I think, I am bi. And every time I think about, but every time I think about like being in a relationship with like someone who is straight, it always, it definitely does intimidate me. And I know like not all straight guys are the same. There are some that are more educated and more accepting towards trans individuals. But it is really scary because you always hear, or you always see too, like masculinity, especially me being or identifying as a man at some point in my life, um, it I, I see what masculinity is and what toxic masculinity is and how easily affected a lot of straight men are by the toxic masculinity. So it definitely is a loaded question in the sense like obviously not all straight men are the same. Everyone is going to be different. Everyone's going to handle the trans identity differently. But yeah, I can like, I always do have that fear whenever like, um, I think about like, oh, I don't think like, like I, I am bi and I acknowledge my attraction towards men, but it also is very just shocking or scary to think of, of just being in a relationship with masculinity that could be toxic or being worried about that or how people might perceive me or straight people might perceive me. So yeah, there is like a lot of, you know, depth to go into that question there's a lot of layers that you can dive into but i think yeah the main thing we're trying to touch touch upon would be the masculinity and how oftentimes people associate being like dating a trans woman um as like i don't know when it comes to with toxic masculinity or when it comes to straight men dating trans women a lot of times people associate us as being like some weird creature some like i don't know and a lot of times straight men's sexuality is uh questioned when they're with trans women which is kind of awful because if a straight person is attracted to me then they're attracted to a woman and there's nothing more about that and so it is frustrating so i i can see the depth or the like what the question is referring to or wanting to ask. But yeah, there's a lot of angles you can go about this. And masculinity is pretty shitty, but or toxic masculinity is. And so yeah, I can see 
everything that's coming from I yeah I obviously don't have a good answer for this because I've never <laughs> been in a relationship with a guy but I'm trying to you know tackle it as like objective as I can um yeah but, yeah so it is it is scary and it is interesting to see trans women with like straight people because it's like oh like I don't know like do they understand do they accept there's all these questions that like come into my head yeah I always like joke around and say that if you are a trans woman that is attracted to straight men, then like I, I, I'm so sorry. Like we, we were just the unlucky ones. We got stuck with this duty, and it's not because like I hate men. It's because we kind of have to go in and reverse all of the years of conditioning that men have received in terms of like toxic, toxic masculinity, and you have to do this to be a man, and blah 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 blah. And being with a trans woman is kind of going against all of the rules that they've been taught ever since they were a baby. So we have to put in that extra work to like teach them and to coach them on one, how to be like a more accepting, better person, a more open person. And two, to be okay with the fact that they are dating somebody who at once did not always identify as female. So it's a lot of extra work. I feel like not all women, but a lot of female identifying people are a lot more empathetic towards the LGBT community and they're a lot more accepting of different types of identities because women didn't have like the whole masculinity thing to constantly come down at them as they were growing up. So yeah, I really do think that trans women who date straight men are the most powerful creatures on the internet and on the world in the world in general because like we have to do all of this extra work for these people. And sometimes it doesn't even pay off. Like you do all this work, you put in all this work with a guy and teach him everything and make him a better person. And he still doesn't get it. And you just wasted like three months of your life. I know from personal experience because that happened to me many times before I met my boyfriend. Yeah. It just sounds awful. Like I'm sure once you get into a loving relationship, it's great. And it's definitely like worth all the, all the like yeah. mentoring. Yeah. And like, I'm sure it's great, but like with any significant other and sh like if there was a lifetime where I could, like I would be with a straight guy or whatever, um, if I wasn't in the relationship I was in, sure, I'm sure I would love it. But it does seem very intimidating and like a point of view, like for mine where I'm like, oh my God, that's so scary. Because like, how are they going to react? How are they going to feel? And yeah, is it going to be too much work to put in? Is it worth all the work? There is definitely a lot of layers to like go into. Exactly. So, I mean, my biggest advice is good luck. <laughs> that's really all I have to say. Yeah, I think that's perfect. But yeah, Especially so if I you're like on Tinder or any other dating app, like girl, good luck. Like I'm praying good for luck. you. I'm so fucking thankful. I'm so <laughs> thankful that I've never had Tinder on my phone. I've never had any dating app on my phone. I slid into my girlfriend's DMs my senior year of high school and we're still together. Like nothing is greater than that. Like I can't imagine the dating scene. Like I can't imagine it. Like, oh, that's awful. I'm going to throw, I'm throwing up right now. <laughs> I'm gagged. But I literally, it, it literally, it just, it's scary. And like, I, I don't even know how it would, I would approach dating if I were single, like that just is, is intimidating. So yeah, all you ladies are so brave. I'm not, I'm, I'm a weenie and I'm sitting here in the comfort of my own apartment with my cat and my girlfriend that I've been with for five years. So well, we love Emily. So yeah, we love her. She's great. <laughs> all right. So going on to the last question, this question's a little more specific. 
Um, this comes from Pogo Photo. Um, I know them personally. Her name is Shannon. And she asked, the girl I've been dating goes days without texting, then sends me something sweet. Should I still try? And I think this is an interesting question. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to jump into this one because this one's the most specific. And I feel like I have a lot to say about this. Because when it comes to relationship, I think the big thing is communication. I think the biggest thing is communication. And if it's still new, sure. Like if it's a new relationship, sure. You know, if they are taking their time responding, you shouldn't freak out or you shouldn't worry. It's still in the early stages. It's developing into something. But if it's already been a while and they're kind of acting this way and they're not giving you straight up answers or they're not communicating as much as you like, then I think there's a conversation to be had with them like about that because I can't imagine not texting like or not talking with Emily for more than a day. Like we text each other even when she's at work like 24-7. So uh, it is an interesting com- or topic and I'm excited to kind of dive more into in depth into it. Yeah. So I know, I also agree. So communication is the biggest part of any relationship. Um, so, I mean, every couple does have their different styles of communication. Like there are some couples out there who don't text each other every day and that's fine because they have communicated that that's something that's worked for, worked for them. Um, for me, I'm similar, Russell and I are similar to you and Emily. Like we literally text each other every single day. And even when we're both at work, like we're still texting, we're still talking on Twitter and Instagram and sending each other stuff. So that's just part of our communication that always has been. We we talk to each other every day and text each other every day. So this question is saying that the person that they are with does not text them for certain periods of time and then says something sweet. And I think... I mean, I have a few answers to this question, but I think the thing that I'm missing is just how they communicate. Like, is this something that you have communicated with each other? Like, have you told each other like, hey, it's okay if we don't text each other every single day. That's perfectly fine with me. As long as I hear from you every once in a while and we still get to talk to each other, that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't know if they've had that conversation or I don't know if the person that's asking has like or prefers to be able to talk to their significant other every single day. So I think the first step is to kind of establish what types of communication as a couple works best for you. Like if you want to talk to each other every day, you don't want to, I think you should be on the same page because from the question itself, it seems like you are not on the same page because your significant other seems to be perfectly fine sending you something sweet every few days because that works for them. But you, on the other hand, are like questioning if you should even still try in the relationship. So I think there's like a disconnect in the communication with how you guys should be talking to each other. And that might be a good place to start. That's like just my general analysis of the situation. It's definitely a very like interesting thing to kind of go into. And if you're already questioning like the relationship at this point, like if you're already having like concerns about this, then it probably is an issue. It's probably something that definitely needs to be addressed. I know every relationship is different with communication. So I won't say like compare it to a previous relationship that you had because everyone's, you know, communication can be different. Um, 
like Gage, obviously I'm with my, I text my girlfriend all the time. She's literally my best friend. So I, I text her, I send her a million things all the time and that's how we communicate. So if this is going on and it's kind of shady, I definitely think it's important to address it head on and make sure that, you know, your concerns are being heard and make it a point that um, you address right off the bat because it's going to, if it's going to be something that's going to affect you later in your relationship and it can, it'll only boil up and get worse. It's definitely best to peel off the bandaid as soon as possible and just try and talk about this. But obviously every person's different. So if she gives you a response that's like, this is just how I communicate. This is just how I text. You can't be mad at that. You can't be upset if that's just their texting style. If they're not a person that likes to text, if they prefer phone calls, they prefer to see you in person, you can't really be upset with that. So, um, and if that's a kind of style of communicating that you don't like, if that, if their texting is important and it's important to your relationship, then it's definitely something to consider going forward with them. But if that's just their style of communicating, if that's just how they are, then there's no chance or there's no sense in trying to change that or them about, you know, this aspect. Maybe they can, you know, do better. And if they want to be in a relationship that um, with you and you want them to communicate more, maybe they can change in that aspect. But if it's something that they don't feel comfortable with, then maybe you should start thinking about that relationship and thinking like, is it worth it if this communication, if our communications are two different styles, like what's going to really work the best for us? Yeah. Because it seems like the person who's asking the question has kind of like been fed up with this whole not texting for a few day thing. And I think that's a valid reason to be upset, especially if you are like me, which is somebody that does like to communicate with the person that they are in a relationship every single day. But at the same time, you're not really giving the other person a chance to really explain like if this is their style of communication. So I do think the biggest thing is to just have a sit down conversation with them. Let them know that this is a type of communication that doesn't really work for you ask them what works for them. And then you guys will hopefully be able to come up with some type of happy medium that will both make you happy. And for anybody that's listening to this, I would highly recommend, even if you don't read the book, just learn about the five languages of love because it honestly changed my relationship ever since I learned about it and I showed my boyfriend because like even if you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time, you think that you know what they want and you think that you know what makes them happy. But there are a lot of good points in the five languages of love that kind of tell you like things are fluid. Things change all the time. Some days a person might want words of affection and some days they might want acts of kindness. Like you never know what somebody wants. And like getting into a pattern where you're overly confident where you think that you know what your partner wants all the time and not even communicating with them because you think, oh, I've been dating you for six months. I don't need to communicate with you anymore because I already know everything. Like that's, I feel like when your relationship starts to go downhill because you should never get too comfortable with your partner because that eventually leads to you then taking them for granted. So I definitely recommend looking at the five languages of love because it'll teach you a lot and you might even learn some things about like your own sense of affection, like how you want 
affection to be presented to you. And also it has a good deal of communication in it as well, like how to communicate with your partner, not only like talking wise, but how you can communicate that you love them and you appreciate them and you are happy to be with them. So I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, I definitely need to be taking that um, test because I, I, yeah, I don't think I know Emily's love language. We talk about it sometimes. Like we talk about it sometimes. Like we go over, uh, we've been over like the different ones. And I'm like, what is yours? Because she's such like a a timid person that I, I don't really know what she wants in the relationship. So it's definitely something that I should like take a quiz. Her and I should. I'm sure it'd connect us a lot deeper. So yeah. Um, like Gage said, take that quiz, find out what kind of communication or what kind of keys work better in your relationship. And hopefully that helps. And I hope we kind of give an okay advice when it comes to that. But yeah, I think the the main thing, it always is going to result, the, the answer to any relationship problem is, did you communicate this? Is there good communication going on? Like that's always going to be the end all be all for a relationship. Like, where, where did you talk this out? Anytime Emily and I get in any type of argument, I always make sure to resolve it before the night ends. Like, I always make sure we never go to bed angry. Everything is solved because that is the most important. If we allow ourselves to go to bed upset, then we're going to wake up upset and it's going to be an off footing for the day. And I just I think it's really important to be able to communicate and make sure that everything's resolved when they need to be resolved. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed all that we had to say. And I hope we helped you guys a little if we, you know, if we did, or I'm not sure. But um, if you have any questions or any further relationship advice, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram at girlishpodcast. Um, on Instagram and message us relationship advice, DM us, because I like these videos and we're both very much in love with our significant others and would uh, love to do more in-depth questions with you guys and love to do a part three to this. So follow us on Instagram and message us and we'd really, really love to do another episode. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Another thank you to all of our patrons who've been supporting us. Um, always, like you were saying, feel free to reach out to us on social media, even if it's not a question. Like, I just love listening and reading all of the people that are saying how much our podcast has helped them or how it's shown them a new perspective or anything like that. So I just, we really love to see all of the ways that our podcast is affecting everyone, not only just the positives, but maybe like you showed it to a person or a friend or a partner that helped them learn something. Like, that's always valuable as well. So, Thank you to everybody who's been listening and supporting us. And we will probably, actually, we will see you next week. We are not going to skip another episode unless there's an earthquake or another hurricane or some other type of earth catastrophe event. We will never miss another episode ever again. Yeah. We have to make a pact. No. Never. Yeah, uh, yeah, a pact never again. There's We're no gonna... way. <laughs> no way. It's never going to happen. I and, and that's on that. Sis with that's tea. on period T. And that's on that. And I oop. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in the next episode of the Girlish Podcast. And I oops. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.